You're listening to the Tom Writes and Rolls podcast, an audio companion of the Tom Writes and Rolls WordPress blog. Thank you so much for joining me. It is time for episode two. I am in my new location in my new home and uh, really happy to be back at this. Uh, Today I'm not sipping on tea. I am having a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest hearty and smooth beer because I like all things German. I lived there for quite a while and am very partial to Germany. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm drinking today. It's a hearty and smooth beer and I don't get paid for uh, advertising for Sam Adams and they've got their own powerhouse. So we'll just move on from there. So we're back again talking about jujitsu. And while I have a good reason to do that, I promise you I will be venturing down the path of my fiction offerings quite soon. Um, The reason I want to hit on jujitsu again so soon is that all the time, most, uh, the all-time most viewed posts and search terms that lead people actually to my humble little blog all have to do with earning stripes and belts. Um, In order of popularity, Interestingly enough, in descending order from most popular, the top three visited posts are in the actual BJJ white belt entries. So if you go and search Tom Writes and Rolls WordPress blog, um, you go to the Jiu-Jitsu tab, uh, you'll see that it's delineated or it's marked by each successive belt that I've achieved. And uh, the BJJ white belt entries are actually the top visited posts. Uh, The three are specifically the BJJ white belt first stripe, second stripe, and third stripe posts. Bringing up the fourth and fifth spots in my top five read and visited posts all time are the BJJ white belt, a green milestone, as well as my first post in the blue belt side of Into the Blue titled Stripe Requirements. Uh, that title is kind of clickbaity, as well as whimsically tongue-in-cheek, as I really don't give a list of actual requirements, and we'll get into that in uh, in part two of this podcast. Um, as you can see, this is All the Stripes, part one, uh, that we're uh, talking about today. My BJJ posts gain the most traffic, all in all, um, compared to my fictional writing and Um, Overall, the BJJ white belt posts hold the most reads compared to my journey as a blue belt and purple belt. Most search terms direct people to the white belt posts, and I have a theory about this. Uh, For those in the community, I'd like to get your take and see if my theory holds any water, Um, but it's threefold. So the first reason I think is that my posts aren't as prolific in the blue and purple belt uh, part of my journey as they were in the white belt part of my journey. I think that's just a new beginner fire, right? They just wanna tell everybody about the gospel of jujitsu type of thing. And um, I think that's part of it. You know, it's kind of like the 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 meme um, of like CrossFitters always talk about CrossFit. Or, you know, jujitsu white belts always talk about jujitsu. You know, it's always in a conversation. Um, but uh, seasons change. And the farther down the path I've ventured, um, I think also the more humble I've become. 
and I find myself unsure of things I actually really want to share or talk about. Um, So this podcast is actually a way to try and correct that as I see part of that uncertainty as an error on my side um, because I still think I can help, especially the white belts and, uh, you know, people are still coming up. I think I have something to offer. So the second reason is that by the time you're a blue belt, you've really hopefully stopped chasing the medical tape around the tip of your belt. Um, That isn't to say that getting a stripe doesn't mean anything, but by then you realize that there is a process and you just need to trust it and you need to put the work in. So that's that second reason. The third reason is that I, there's a natural funnel um, in Jiu-Jitsu academies and in sales and retail, we call it a pipeline. Um, with Jiu-Jitsu students, it's, it's this funnel, right? So in practically any academy, there are usually a lot more white belts than there are blue belts, more blues than purples, more purples than browns, more browns than blacks. You get the idea, right? Outlier schools aside, this holds true mostly. There is a lot to learn in Jiu-Jitsu and at the end of the day, it's really about sticking it out. Blues lasted longer than white belts did. Purple belts lasted longer than blue belts do. In you know four and a half years under Professor Shane, I've seen this truism repeated a lot. It's it's just proven. People leave and, leave and quit for a variety of reasons, and um, more leave or quit at white belt and blue than any other belt level. I've seen it many many times, um, and so I think those are the three reasons that uh, you know we see those things and and why um, I see a lot of traffic on the white belt, first, second, third, fourth stripe, um, things like that, because people are hungry, they're eager, they're wanting to know, what do I gotta do to get a stripe? Things like that. So with all that said, let's dive into the first and second stripe posts of those BJJ white belt um, uh, blog posts that I did. And for the sake of not being too long of a podcast, um, I already mentioned a little bit ago, but we're going to go into commentary on Third Stripe, Green Milestone, and Stripe Requirements in part two of this series to try and keep it shorter and easier to chew on. So without further ado, let's read what First Stripe White Belt Tom had to say. And it goes like this. It's been about two months since I started the path of learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Going forward, I'll be writing a series of BJJ white belt posts mixed in with what I write here. I figured it'd be cool to document the journey from a white belt perspective. For those farther along the path, it might help remind them of the good old days of being a white belt or maybe even rekindle the fire if things have gotten blah in their training. For me, I know that I'll be able to look back on these posts and see where I've come from. So yeah, the title of the post and the pic in the featured image above, that happened last Monday, May 8th, 2017. For those who don't have any martial art background, stripes on a belt basically indicate progression along the way to the next rank or belt. Depending on the system, a stripe can mean anything from a quarter, a third, or even halfway to the next level. For example, in another life, I studied Taekwondo. It was the International Taekwondo Federation ITF version, and I did that for about 11 years. Shout out to all the ITF guys um, out there. Uh, You know who you are. Um, But in that system, a stripe was the halfway mark to the next belt. And if memory serves, 
each uh, stripe and belt had a test. So from what I understand in BJJ though, a white belt earns four stripes before being close to eligibility for testing to the next belt. Monday night was a great session. Ending like we do most nights with some rolling, I was dripping sweat and lining up with my fellow students for dismissal. I noticed our coach, Shane, had grabbed the tape he uses for stripes on belts. Like most systems I've encountered, the white stripes are usually medical tape. Some use electrical tape as they come in various colors. And I'm thinking to myself, cool, someone might be getting a stripe tonight. Wonder who it is. And then he walks up to me. It was an awesome feeling. Surprise, acknowledgement, accomplishment, little sprinkling of pride, the good kind all rolled into one. From talking with him after it all went down, our coach looks for certain indicators in our progression before giving that first stripe out. For the sake of intellectual honesty, the thought had crossed my mind within the past week about when I'd get that first stripe, but I also figured that I was at least another month from getting there. So it definitely came earlier than expected, and I'm grateful to have earned it. Like my coach has said, it is really about your own journey in this art. You can look to others as markers and examples, but you can't necessarily compare yourself to them. In many ways, it is you versus you, improving daily, weekly, monthly, one step at a time. Am I better than I was yesterday, last week, last month? Me versus me, that is definitely something I can relate to. As far as BJJ is concerned, there is improvement a little bit at a time. Things are beginning to click a little bit at a time. My defense is getting a little bit better. I'm a little bit more aware of what's going on around me, even if it's a case of now what do I do here? I've been able to successfully execute a move or two that we've practiced earlier in class before getting into some live rolling. For me, the exciting part of that was actually finding the opening, ah, there it is, and then getting it done. I still feel like a fish out of water most times, but I feel like I'm flopping closer to the water than I was before. I'm still loving it. I enjoy the balance that our coach places between getting many reps in on a move will work that night and on stress testing it with live rolling. This helps me see how important it is to find the harmony between the two so I get the mechanics of the move down and also understand how it can or can't work in a roll, especially when your partner knows what you're trying to do. I'm enjoying through both personal experience and witnessing in real time how there's a place for strength, but also a place for technique. I can see now from just a little quote unquote inside view why BJJ blew up the UFC and changed the game completely. So much goes into this body mechanics, positioning, leverage, etc. I've noticed how strategy can and is a big factor. Many, many times I've been sidetracked by my coaches or a senior student with what I thought was the attack only to be baited and flanked into the real trap. Humbling eye-opening and fucking brilliant again keep in mind this is just a new white belt speaking i know i have got a way to go going forward i'm currently rethinking retooling my weight training and conditioning programs i think i'm on the right track but i still feel something is missing so i'll have to play with it a bit and do some fine tuning i also either need to find a way to put a hard drive into my brain to play back what i've learned or start taking notes i think the notebook would be the easiest I'll get there one step at a time. So that was the first post and uh, a lot, a lot is going in on that one. So I'm going to take a sip of my little Sam Adam Oktoberfest beer. Ah, so good. 
Now, let's move on to BJJ White Belt Second Stripe. And it goes like this. Five months in, well, over five months at the time of publishing this post, I received my second stripe on Wednesday, August 16th, 2017. Isn't it funny how our perception of time works? I can feel both the speed at which time has passed in starting jujitsu, and I feel the sluggishness at which that same time seems to pass as I chase after my goals. There've been a lot of reps, rolls, sweat, soreness, bumps, bruises, fun, and frustration since I received my first stripe. I know I'm not the only one on my team to invest this way. I know the actions I've taken are only a few drops in the bucket of the overall journey that is known as jujitsu. I have a long way to go on this journey. I'm still a beginner and I take a healthy portion of humble pie every time I train. I will say that while I might not be the best by any stretch, I am continually bettering myself compared to the last time I trained. Me versus me. I'm always improving. As I mentioned in the prior post, Coach looks for certain things in each individual for promotion. Coach is admittedly slower to give, give out stripes. He jokes that when you get a belt or a stripe from him that it's probably late by a month or six or so. But his intent is clear and methodology, methodology solid in the approach. He wants the student to have no doubt in their mind that the rank they received wasn't given to them. They've put the work in, they understand, they apply, they improve, and it shows. In other words, they earned it 100%. The last time for my first stripe, he was looking for me to slow down, to be more aware and conscientious of what was going on around me. This time around, one of the things he was looking for was aggressiveness. Back in late June, early July, I'd committed to my coach and team that I would participate in the tournament that is coming up in September, and I knew I needed to get more aggressive. Since then, I've been making a deliberate effort to do just that. It's not necessarily a strength thing, but a constant moving, looking for opportunities, being proactive, hunting for openings, and going on the attack, having a clear direction in where I want to go, and if one angle didn't work, looking for another one and taking calculated risks to try other angles and learn. On the night of my promotion, I'd been working on my aggressiveness for at least a few weeks. The first hour felt great during live rolls. I was managing my top game better than I had. I was transitioning from one position to another, maintaining dominance and hunting for the openings and actually seeing them. I noticed that I was actually comfortable on top. Things were just clicking. We went to bow out, consciously working to control my breathing, dripping sweat, mind racing from the success of the rolls and examining how things fell into place, and then boom, both the teammate and I received our second stripes. Feelings of joy, thankfulness, elation, pride, surprise, and even relief flooded through me once again, for me and also for my teammate. I'll have you know that my second hour at jiu-jitsu that night wasn't as favorable as I enjoyed the bittersweet taste of eating a healthy portion of humble pie. Regardless, it's cool to be able to look back and take stock of how far I've come in this short time span. I feel good with the progress I've made. It definitely feels like I've crossed a threshold and I'm grateful to pass this particular mile marker along the way. As of the publishing of this post, our team is 23 days out from the tournament. From the great majority of us, this will be our first time competing and we are pushing each other to be better with every class we attend. I'm looking forward to seeing how we perform individually and overall as a team. So until the next post, my friends, pursue mastery.
<laughs> All right. Sorry, I had to make fun of myself a little bit. You got to have a, a positive sense of humor here, especially when you're reading your old stuff uh, for the public here. So those are the posts that we're going to discuss. And we are 16 minutes into this. So I hope uh, you've gotten something from those. I know I did. Um, it's really interesting to hear me uh you know, share those experiences and, uh, you know, read my words. So, um, before we get into the commentary, um, about the first and second strife, I'd like to take a quick second, do a shameless, non-paid, completely free plug of the Dojo Storm podcast. Uh, this is ran by my professor, Shane Mount, and in episode two, him and Dojo Ash, uh, they discuss chasing cheap cotton and medical tape, also known as belts and stripes. And I highly recommend listening to that because I think it sandwiches into this fairly well since we're talking about stripes and since that is the highest searched thing. So go search that out. The Dojo Storm podcast. Um everywhere spotify apple podcast just just google it um and uh, listen to episode two at least so on with the commentary oh first man take a look at those pics of professor shane and i <laughs> i mean back then it was coach shane uh since he was still a brown belt but still man we have come a long way um in just four and a half years we just uh, look so much younger still <laughs> Uh, so yeah, good times, good times for Shane and I. Um, the first thing uh, that I'd like to say is yes, your jujitsu journey in many ways is individual and it's non-standardized across the community. Um, there are a lot of reasons for this, I guess. Um, part of it is in how a given academy chooses to instruct and promote. Some schools have a specific set of techniques you need to learn for each belt. Some schools are more concept driven. Um, some are driven by time, you know, or a, a hybrid of all three. Um, usually it's a hybrid of like time and one of the two. But in my experience, the concept driven is a better approach, mainly because someone who comes in with zero experience, like yours truly, is going to have a completely different learning curve than someone who has been training judo seriously for like say the last you know five to ten years or is straight out of high school or like a college wrestling program and is just a you know hard driver on that kind of grappling program they're going to be progressing way different than i would and i saw that you know firsthand so to have a standardized method of testing where you put in X hours and memorize X techniques wouldn't necessarily be the best for someone with more grappling experience. Um, you know, also my two cents, you know, I'm, I'm just a purple belt. Um, I think a concept based approach helps students of all level levels understand jujitsu much better than just rote memorization of skills. Um, there's things like posture and structure and base and leverage and, you know, physics and, and the human body and, and understanding those things and how that works with jujitsu really helps, um, with those concepts that helps make every technique you learn better. So, um, as you see in those posts, uh, being someone completely new to the ground game, my coach was looking for me to slow the hell down. 
to be more conscientious and aware. Conscientious. Man, I can't say anything. It's not the beer. I've only had like three sips. But still, we're not going to edit that out because whatever. But uh, basically, he was looking for me to not be so damn spazzy. Um, at the next stripe level, he wanted me to get more aggressive. But that didn't mean to bring back the spaz. Aggressive doesn't mean use all the muscle and no brain. Do you keep moving? Are you on the hunt for different attacks, etc.? Like I explained in that um, second post. Hopefully, you get the picture. So, moving on. Um, getting as many reps in during the instructional part of the class and actually trying to implement what you learned in the live role part of class is so crucial. So many people, yours truly included, have made the mistake of doing just a couple reps, thinking you have it down, yammering a bit until the coach or professor shows another technique and then throwing it all out the window when it comes to rolling. <sighs> Don't do that. The best return is to first get those reps down until you can't do them wrong. Stop when your instructor calls everyone back to show the next piece. And then when it comes to the rolls, actually try to find ways to execute what you've learned that night during the live rolling. Some argue that trying that approach with like uh, doing what you learn during a live roll isn't really realistic because, well, everyone's trying it, so they know. But that's also my pushback. That's a good challenge. Everyone knows you're going to be trying it, so they're going to be defending and also trying it. So it gives a unique feedback loop and leads into the next point of observation for me, which is strategy. As far as strategy is concerned, strategy is, was, and will always be a huge factor in jujitsu. We're not only just playing chess instead of checkers, but it is a four-dimensional chess game. It is maneuver warfare versus attrition warfare. Uh, like Professor Hobson Mora likes to say, he, he says that it's a matter of like opening all your doors and windows that you have avenues to attack and making sure to close all the doors and windows that your opponent has. Strategy is huge. For the white belt, try to think a couple moves ahead. I know it's hard, especially when the blue or purple belt is thinking two or three or four or five moves ahead and the first degree black belt over there is thinking seven and that fifth degree black belt seems to see all the moves and is thinking about all of them. But that's where it starts. Think a step or two ahead of your opponent. Then think three, then four. In some circles, this is called getting inside a person's OODA loop. O-O-D-A. Observe, orient, decide, and act. And you're also trying to do it two to three times more than your opponent. So the quicker you can get inside their ability to observe, to orient, to decide, and act with their jujitsu game, the more options you have and the less they do. Um, finally, you'll hear it a lot from me, but it is truly you versus you. One step at a time, one te technique at a time, one concept at a time, one rule at a time. It really is you versus you. It's hard sometimes, you know, you're like, well, such and such got a stripe and I tapped him out or, or such and such got a belt and blah, blah, blah. Don't fall into those games. Are you getting better? You know, we talked about ego and hubris before. Um, push yourself to be the best you can be. Any jujitsu instructor worth their salt to me knows and is able to see and read your progress okay most jujitsu black belts 
have been around for quite a while. They've seen it all. So, um, and they're not like, they're the first to tell you they're not God. They're not the ones that know everything, but they've seen a lot, you know, um, I've rolled with Professor Hobson Mora once, and that's like not a bragging thing. Like it wasn't like a, you know, we're competing. It was you know open mat for the team, and, and a lot of people have done it in the RMNU, the Hobson Mora Nations United um, Association, and so they could probably agree with me. Like it's it's different, you know. I, he knows uh, he, he's he's done so many roles, and that's the point I was trying to make there. Most black belts have done so many roles by the time they get to a black belt that there's very little um, that is newer, even though the this sport keeps evolving. So they can adapt and they can improvise a lot easier. Anyways, I'm getting rambling there, but hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say there. It's just you versus you. You know, as long as you're putting in the work, trusting the process, getting on the mat, doing what you're supposed to be doing, the stripes are going to come. The promotions are going to come. Don't worry about that um, at all. <laughs> and uh, those things will come in time. And, and uh, you know, you'll look back and be like, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, I tell my teammates all the time. Any of my teammates who are listening can can uh, um, attest to this, uh, especially with the white belts. You know, they're like, oh, you're a purple belt. And I'm like, it's just a glorified time card, man. I've been here four and a half years. I've just been putting in the work. You know, I'm, I'm not God. I'm not Neo from the Matrix. So take it as it is. So that's where we're at. We're going to wrap this up. I'm pretty happy that uh, this has only been 25 minutes and counting. So nice. Very nice. I'm, I'm uh, happy with the progress here. So hopefully you guys got something out of this. Hopefully you guys um, found value in it. Um, I will be returning for All the Stripes Part 2. And also some diving in, I promise, into the literary side of things and uh, reading some fictional accounts, trying to uh, narrate a bit and uh, do that side. And hopefully that gives you some joy and and gives you some entertainment and helps you along in your day and makes things worthwhile. So thanks again for listening. Uh, Please subscribe. I'm going to do the whole like and subscribe thing right now. But yes, if you could um, send me a comment, let me know what you thought of it, um, subscribe to it, uh, share it if you found value in it. I'd really appreciate it. Um, All those little things really help. And until next time, guys, I'll see you on the mat. Have a great day.